six, five, four, three, two. One second, please. All aboard <laughs> the night train. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Homes Movies Podcast. This is our <laughs> second top ten episode, and as you ten can tell, films. it's all to do with trains. trains. Yes, yes. So we are <laughs> going to be choo-choo choosing, yeah, very good. wink, our favourite uh, train films, or films that primarily take place on, on a train. train. So films like... Films that are on the rails, not off the rails. Yes, exactly. So films like Strangers on, Strangers on a Train, Alfred Hitchcock's film, uh, doesn't really count because... I mean, of course, the instigating I mean, action does come from a train. Yes, but most of the action is off the rails, and also were. something like something like the Darjeeling Limited. About half of the film is on the train, and then half of it that, isn't. That film is literally named after a train, but it's not on our list. It's it not. On it's list. simply not on the list because, um, you know, uh, it it doesn't. Um, it, it doesn't. It's not a train movie. Like the films that you're gonna, we're gonna be talking about. You're gonna think okay, choo choo choosing. Just, just like choo choo choosing. Yes. Uh, these films are quintessential. Like yes, this film is a train movie. And uh, yes. you know, uh, if you don't agree, remember our uh, our uh, basic our mantra here is uh, uh, all lists are uh, bullshit. All lists are bullshit, including ours and including yours, listener. So uh, trains. Yes. Well, um, trains are. Um, Trains are sort of synonymous with cinema, right? I mean, they are. Yeah. They're like they're, they they were there from the, the beginning of cinema. The Lumiere brothers with the train coming into the station that scared everyone out of their seats. You've yeah, got, that's You've got true. Edwin S. Porter's Great Train Robbery, the first western, uh, the first train robbery movie. Uh, that's a train film. It's not on our list though. Um, that, we haven't seen it. I have. Um, oh, I haven't seen but it. But it's not as good as the other ten on this list. But on is a it one, not as good? Well, it's 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 from 1903, Anders. <laughs> It's it's fine. It's um, as a historical as a, it's an incredibly yeah. significant film. Would I like sit down to watch it as a piece of entertainment now? Probably not. Yes. Um, but you know, honorable mention, great train robbery. We wouldn't have these amazing train films without you, Porter. Um, but you know, like there are a lot of people who point out the fact that uh, cinema and well, film photography and uh, the train were sort of developed at the same time. They're both kind of harbingers of modernity and. Um, and a lot of people have drawn parallels between the actual the cinematic process and the process of train travel. And I don't exactly um, see where all those parallels come from. But, you know, there is an intriguing idea in there. You know, look, a train going past uh, at night does give you almost a little, little magic lantern show. It's like a piece of celluloid, you know, going yeah. past really fast. Or you've got the fact that in trained films, especially trained films from a long time ago, you actually have films within films because you have the stuff that's going on outside the window back projected. Yeah. That's a separate film from what's going on inside the carriage. So it's like, and, and then you've got the ghost ride. You've got films that have, um, that put the camera on the front of a train and show you uh, the train's perspective. And actually, that has spawned an incredibly satisfying subgenre of YouTube videos, which are incredibly long videos of trains driving across landscapes. Very satisfying. Look it up. Interesting. Um, but yeah, and then there's, of course, the fact that a lot of ways to get you know cameras from A to B or to make pans and dolly shots and stuff is to put the camera on rails. Mm, it's true, mm. the dolly. So anyway, we've got trains, trains on the brain, uh, in train in the membrane. Uh, it is... Um, it, it trains in cinema. It's like yes. you know, it it's like it's like ham and olives. It's like white wine and bad decisions. It is just it is just like you know these two things go together very well. White wine and bad decisions sounds like the title of a biography or autobiography or something. It's the title of my autobiography. <laughs> it's not actually uh, the title of my autobiography is I was too fucking lazy to write it. Um, <laughs> 
Right, so. Should we get on with the list? I think we should. Um, so, coming in at number 10. Yes, our, uh, the first stop on uh, this time. First stop, yes, I like it, train yeah. metaphor. Yeah. yeah, so the first stop on the, our journey is uh, the film The General from Buster Keaton. Yes, so. 1926. Six, thank you. Um, this is the quintessential silent train movie, I think. Um, quintessential it is, Buster Keaton movie as well. Well, it might be. Or I still think I st- a lot of people, yes, he, I think, considered it his best film or his favourite film. Um, a lot of people uh, consider it his most iconic film. It certainly has um, some inc- just amazing set pieces and some really famous uh, stunts and gags. Um, I still think the cameraman uh, is the best of which the ones you I've recommended seen. on the on, on, a, a, on a Holmes movie recommendation episode. Yeah, so it has. I mean, it's got some great bits in it. The, the general. Um, it does uh, have, of course, one of the great kind of over the top Hollywood set pieces, which is a locomotive driving across a burning bridge that then collapses into uh, a river in California. And this locomotive was there for the next uh, nearly twenty years until it was removed to. Um, make scrap metal for uh, oh, nice. war production uh, in the 1940s. So it was put to good use afterwards. Yeah, I guess so. If, if by good use you, you mean like bombing Japan. But yeah, um, it's... Um, well, yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I know what you mean. Um, it's, uh, so that's, that's sort of iconic and I think it has a, a well-deserved place in cinema history. But some, one of the greatest stunts in the whole movie is when Buster Keaton is removing obstacles from the track and he uses one enormous plank of wood to kind of flip another one off the the, the track ahead of him uh-huh. and it's the kind of stunt that if it had gone wrong probably you would have died might, well, grievous injury was certainly a, uh, a it sounds a like factor. you keep a canute under the stagecoach and stagecoach that could have gone wrong yeah, it's another one of those stunts that they did for real. Fuck me, yeah, that one. I remember Yakima Canute wanted to do it again, and John Ford was like, "No, no, 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 no." no. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, anyway, this this film has, you know, brilliant stunt work, brilliant, like, understanding of how trains work. The whole thing of, you know, all the gags are set up around um, trains going on to, to sidetracks, trains needing fuel, trains, um, you know, being uncoupled, trains switching direction. It's just um, the train itself is used as such a, a vehicle, literally, for the action of this film. Um, so it's like, if you think of a train film, this this really has to this be is the, best the one. First, first thing that, that, that comes to mind. Um, obviously, it's a Civil War movie from the perspective of uh, Southern uh, people, so it has uh, a little bit to say about you know the old uh, mythologizing of the Confederacy. Um, all the South's gonna rise again. All that, yeah. Well, you know the old I'm, I'm a good old rebel stuff. It has a, it definitely feels a little bit like yeah, icky, and but that. not as problematic as the Birth of a Nation. Well, no, it's hard to think of a film as problematic as Birth of a Nation. This film at least doesn't indulge in too many like racial stereotypes or anything like that. But it's interesting that the South are so firmly the good guys in this in this movie. But um, it's undeniably a great piece of cinema history and it is an entertaining yes. hour and a half of your time. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, number 10. Yeah. The General. Yes. Uh, what are we, where are we stopping next, Anders? Following uh, that stop, we are with the... Oh, sorry, let me say that again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the, 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 the conductor is... The conductor uh, is a conductor's drunk. been at the buffet uh, trolley and drunk too many of those little vodkas. All right. So calling, calling at the general, and then our next stop is Murder on the Orient Express. And not the Kenneth Branagh version. Yeah, so not the Kenneth Branagh version. This is... Uh, well, it's, it, it is one of Agatha Christie's... One of her best... Well, this is, so just yeah. to say which version it is, this is the... Um, 1974 version. Yeah, with what's his but, uh, uh, Albert, Albert Finney. Finney yeah. But uh, I think this is one of... I think it is one of her best books, I think. I haven't read 
too many of them, but I have definitely I've read this one. Yeah, no, it's a great it's a great it's setup. Great. It's, a well, it's great. also it's, it's it's a brilliant setup because it's based on the kidnapping of the Lindbergh baby, which yeah. was a famous cause celebre and, and tragedy. And of course, um, it it just lends itself to suspense on the one hand, and to this kind of like social um, analysis because you have this petri dish of all these people from different classes and backgrounds yeah. stuck on the same train, and of course. It's a dream for a movie maker because it allows you to put together an ensemble cast. And this cast yeah. is... It's packed. Fucking great. Yeah, so you've you got have... Martin Balsam. You've got Richard Widmark. You've got Lauren motherfucking Bacall. You have got Sean Connery. And you have uh, Anthony Perkins. Anthony Perkins. And Michael, Michael and York. Michael York. And, of course, Oscar winner Ingrid Bergen. Yes. And uh, she, I think she was actually... When she when she received the Oscar, she actually thought she didn't deserve it, apparently. Hmm. Or she, or she, that's 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 the kind because of because she was only because she was only you would on, come because to she expect. was only on screen for a few moments. But that's why they gave you the supporting actress Ingrid, not the anyway. Yeah, um, but she's great. Yeah, so movie. it is a big, big all-star cast of actors. John Gilgood as well. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, Albert Finney as Hercule Poirot. I think he, I think he is very good as Hercule Poirot, but not as good as. Peter Ustinov and Peter Ustinov. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I'm with you on that one. And also, frankly, David Suchet in the, David in the, Suchet in the TV Ustinov, show. Ustinov, yeah. Finney, Finney's too greasy or something. There's something he doesn't quite get right with the character. Whereas Suchet, I think he's a bit too theatrical. theatrical yeah, whereas Suchet and uh, Ustinov really nail it, I think. Um, yeah, I think Agatha Christie, when she saw the film, she wasn't a huge fan of... I think I might be wrong about this, but she wasn't a fan of Philly's, Finney, Philly, Finney's portrayal of him. Well, it's rare that authors have a completely positive view of the depiction of their characters, but yeah, I mean, it's um, it's not surprising. But anyway, looking aside from that, I do think it's a pretty yeah fun. Um, it's very know, well directed, and I think... I was going to say drawing room mystery, but it's it's a train mystery, yeah. But also, like, it's the best place to put a mystery, you know, on a speeding train. It's so close. Well, it's to not on a speeding train because well, the train is stuck. Well, yeah, it's stuck. Well, yeah, that's right, it's stuck. Yeah. But also, it is the best. You know, putting up is the best location to have a murder mystery. Well, yeah, you've got, to, you've got to say, like, that cruise ship, you know, haunted house. Haunted house, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it's, 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 it's brilliant. And frankly, it, and this is the last I'll say on this, every mystery film should be set in the 1920s. Yeah, of course. Or the 1930s. Pre between the wars, basically. That is yeah. the era for mystery films. If you're, set, if you're doing a mystery film that's set in any other time, oh, well, unless you're Ryan Johnson, I guess, um, <laughs> you know, you need to examine your priorities. This is this is the era of the mystery, and I love it because um, you know everything is so. Um, you, you've still got the technology is still kind of basic. You've still got this quite rigid class system. Yeah, you've got yeah. you've got amazing like costumes. You've got you've got steam engines. Air travel is still you know not really happening. You've got big ocean liners, and you've got um, lots of intrigue. Lots of intrigue. You've got you know, little people, European countries that don't exist anymore, and, yeah. and spies and stuff. And it's people like it. people having affairs. And they're being secret about it and things exactly, like that. Exactly, yeah, because the social mores, Anders. Yes. It's, the, it's the times. Anyway, it's, true. Yeah. it's the roaring 20s and it is uh, it is the time of, of, of great uh, mystery novels and and uh, and obviously we've been making movies based on those ever since. I say we, they, those they, people yeah. who make movies. Although, I think we could do a good one. We could do a good one, yeah. All right then. Um, I'd love to do a good mystery, but I think Ryan Johnson got to ruin it for the rest of us. Well, I, I think Ryan Johnson is a, a hero, and uh, yeah. more power to him. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Ryan Johnson. We're here to talk about uh, films set on trains. And the second uh, film in our what we're calling our Express, Express trilogy, trilogy yeah. is um, yes. What is it? 
It's von Ryan's. Uh, you're looking at the screen. Okay, exactly. It's, again, it's von Ryan's von Express. Von Ryan's Express. So we've had murder on the Orient Express, and now we have Frank Sinatra on the von Ryan's Express with Trevor Howard. Yes. Um, right. So it's a war film. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe people won't be as familiar with this one. Um, yeah. It's a war film. It's a POW escape drama, and it's a train movie all rolled into one. Um, it's a, 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 a fantastic attempt to try and capitalize on the success of the great escape by setting a prisoner of war drama in uh in italy yep. uh with a commandant played by adolfo celli uh, which is great um, he's briefly in the film for a few minutes yeah he's you know but he's he makes an impression and um then you've got your uh, you've got your american pilot frank sinatra who is uh, who's shot down over southern Italy? Uh, he's put in a prison camp full of crusty North Africa veterans, yep. led by uh, British North Africa veterans, led by Trevor Howard, who yes. is as um, dry and irascible and daring do British stiff upper lip, you know, uh, as you could possibly expect. And they are at odds, um, uh, but they form a sort of uneasy alliance and later a kind of grudging friendship as they yes. escape. First the uh, Italians and then the Germans. Yes, that's true. And it's, it was uh, directed by uh, Mark Robson, who also who was a Canadian director. And he, his last film in 1979 uh, was a movie called Avalanche Express, which stars Lee Marvin and Robert Shaw. And it another was, Express film. Another Express film. And cool. it was the last film that Robert Shaw uh, did. And I think he passed away during the making of the film or afterwards and they had to like dub him with another actor and also I think Mark Robson also died during the making of that film as Jesus. well okay so that really did go off the rails um, yeah exactly did, so Von Ryan's Express hopefully no one to our knowledge died during the making of this nope. um, except maybe the dignity of a few people who made it I mean it is a very camp war film isn't it this was this yeah. is a real childhood favourite of ours yeah we had it we bought it on VHS VHS we had it uh, we bought it in America we did watch it quite a few times I, 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 I really enjoyed it for what it was mm. very enjoyable war film Good, yeah, good action scenes and you know sort of tense yeah. action scenes as well, well and again another film like The General that really understands the whole um, mechanics of train travel as a, a way of creating the narrative of the film like you've got to move the train onto a different track there's a train coming up behind you you can't go backwards you need fuel you need water you're trapped in this thing um, it's just um, it, 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 it couldn't be more perfect a setup. I mean it's completely insane yeah. uh, that these prisoners escape they get then they get recaptured by the Germans. They get put on a train. They then take over the train yes. using nothing but rope to kill some guards, and then they um, and then they ride the train to Switzerland. Yeah, them. that's true. So it's like uh, it's and they all dress up in the uniforms and only. A few oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's 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 a brilliant bit where they they masquerade as Germans in order to get uh, the passes they need to, to get through yeah they try to get they try to get through a, they try to get through a checkpoint and then the, the, the Gestapo come on board and there's a scene where Frank Sinatra's Ryan is dressed up as a soldier and then they have another German another officer uh, lower than him lower in rank than him who is pretending to be a Nazi uh, general or something and one of them sort of notices oh wait that's not a German watch you have an American watch where did you get that and then he said he took it off a pilot that died so it's a very sort of tense scene and yeah are, I mean it's, it's completely completely silly um it does have um it does have some pretty interesting uh, cast members including john layton who is in his second um uh prisoner of war yeah, world war ii was... movie he was he was a pop star and as far as i can tell i mean i've only ever seen him in in pow he was uh, in the great dramas. escape as well wasn't he yeah right uh you, you've got james brolin in this film a young mm, james brolin nice 
and, uh, Brad, and Dexter. Uh, Brad Dexter, of course, and um, Ivan Tresolt or Ivan Tresolt, who um, is a brilliant uh, kind of um, uh, character actor of uncertain European uh, provenance, who's in uh, The Bad and the Beautiful, and also notorious. Uh, he's, a, he's one of those faces you'd kind of recognize um, mm-hmm. recognize anywhere, but he's. Um, it's uh yeah it's 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 got yeah and, and then there's uh, Wolfgang Price of course the uh, the German guy who always managed to show up in 1960s films to don the Wehrmacht uniform and play uh, the evil uh, Nazi guy once again so um, yeah basically this is probably in the second tier of uh, yeah. great sort of nine, mid-century men on a mission war movies it's not it's not up there with the Dirty Dozen and the Guns of Navarone but it's uh, it's a worthy. Uh, I think it's a worthy uh, entry into the sort of silly uh, commando comics kind of era of of World War Two movies. So, um, you but know, I think there's a Sunday t- Sunday afternoon. Sit down. Yeah, and watch it. But are, you, are you about to defend the film? No, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not taking no, it. I'm not not that it needs defending. Film. No, but I was sort of thinking about it in the sense of like, you know, it's a good old fashioned war film. You know, your dad's war film kind of yeah, kind of thing, and it's it. and it's you know. It, I like those kind of films because it's like the you know they have the tanks, they have the planes, they have all that sort of stuff. I think these days people would have done it with CGI, and you know that you know that sort of takes away some effect of it. But I think it, they, I just like that that style of film. I don't know, it just it's has, interesting it has that, a charm to it. Yeah, it's interesting that they made these highly unrealistic, romanticized, um, bloodless kind of um, almost sort of fun war movies at the time when the veterans were still alive, and it wasn't until you know, the veterans were still young even. Mm. Um, and it wasn't really until the sort of our lifetime that you started getting films that were done with the sort of the grittiness of a, I'm thinking about Das Boot or Saving Private Ryan. So anyway, or Bridge, too, a, or Bridge Too Far as well in 1977, that kind of change. Yeah, but even that, even that has more, it skews more towards the romantic uh, angle than like, um, yeah. than some of the more modern stuff. Anyway, just that's a, yeah. that's a, that's another debate for another day. Anyway, but yeah, what is, fi- final little oh, thing, you've got a, you've got just a thing. final thing in Wolfgang Price. He was also in A Bridge Too Far and he was also in another war film directed by John Frankenheimer, The Train. With Burt Lancaster. The Train. That's a film that's not on our list. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Nor have I. That's probably why it isn't on the list. Have you not seen it? We had it on DVD once. What happened? I don't know. Shit. Okay. Well, <laughs> you uh, but you can listeners, get... that's an oversight. Yeah, but it is available on Arrow Video. This, right. <laughs> this train will not be stopping at The Train. No, it will not. Um, but where will it be stopping next, Andy? It is stopping on our final film in the Express trilogy, Shanghai Express from 1932, starring the great Marlena Dietrich. Oh, yeah, you see, this is um, this is a real doozy of a movie. This film um, involves a, um, a, an international group of travellers travelling through war-torn China in the 1930s, um, and, of course, one of those travellers is... Shanghai Lily, played by Marlene Dietrich. Mm-hmm. And she meets her former lover, a British officer, who is completely forgettable. Not a great, uh, not a great place to meet a former lover on a train where you can't jump off. Right, exactly. Uh, she meets this uh, forgettable guy on the, on the train. And, um, you know, in that, that sparks fly, as they say. And then they are, um, the, tra- the whole crew of the train are captured and held oh, hostage no. by a nasty uh, warlord. And um, she has to... Um, help them all to escape this predicament um, with the assistance of the quite wonderful and iconic um, Anna Mae Wong. 
who um, is sort of Dietrich's uh, sister in crime in this film, and um, and that is name, one of the great. That name uh, rings a bell. I think she was mentioned on the uh, "You Must Remember This" podcast a few times. I'm sure. I mean, Anna Mae Wong is one of the great faces of uh, 20s, 30s cinema. I mean, she is just. Um, you know, you cannot take your eyes off her when when the camera's um, when the camera is pointing even vaguely in her direction. Um, she's just completely fucking cool. Um, you know, moves with such elegance, and uh, in this film is you know the the makeup and the costume design is 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 as much um, in her favor as it is in Dietrich. So these two. Yeah. iconic women of this you know these these of the time really are the standout characters in this in nice. this film and that and that's the way it should be of course the film's directed by joseph von sternberg who was dietrich's um uh was you know they were they were the they had collaborated on on the blue angel die blaue engel which um oh i thought that was a fritz lang movie uh oh uh did i fuck up um i thought it was uh it might be I'm, it might well be you've got the bloody laptop um <laughs> In any case, uh, they they work together in a whole uh, slew of um, American films, uh, including Morocco. Um, and uh, the Blue Angel is directed by Joseph von Sternberg. Uh, but, okay, okay. Um, but well, that, that, um, I think there was another Marlene Dietrich film that was directed by uh, Fritz Lang. Fritz Lang. Mm, interesting. I can't think of something. What that Frau would... den Nord or something. That could be could be that true. One. But that's not a train movie, so let's not talk about it. Not a train movie. Um, this film is very much a train film. Again, it's that um, you know the rules of the train dictate what the what where the film can and cannot go. There's some really good. I mean, it's all filmed in Hollywood, of course, but there are some great uh, set pieces where you know they they drive the train through a so you yes. know Chinese market and they do the various other bits and bobs that sort of lend a lot of you know uh, local color, even if it's um, you know a back lot somewhere in uh, Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Sternberg really um, was obsessed with, I think, Marlene Dietrich and they were, um, you know, the mission of every film they made was to make Dietrich look as good as possible. Um, so, you know, bear that in mind when watching this. But it's, uh, yeah, it's really entertaining. Um, a great piece of 1930s cinema and um, and really just shows Dietrich as, you know, in her, yeah. like, absolute prime. Nice. Well, I, I look forward to seeing that. I really, really, really want to. And... Um... I, 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 there's a lot of those movies I really, really want to watch. No, you just, haven't. I've just, I would, I just uh, need to. You haven't stopped them. at that station before, so. No, I I, but I don't believe I've been to the next station either. No. So the next uh, film uh, the, at the next station is a. Maybe we should drop this joke. I think the listeners are getting tired of it. Probably. Yeah. Okay. So at number <laughs> next, six, number six, number six is a fairly recent film, and it's from South Korea. It is the uh, horror film Train to Busan, directed by Sang Ho Yun. I've heard of this. It's supposed to be really good, isn't it? Yeah. So um, I wish I saw this in the cinema when it came out because this is such an exciting film. And, you know, romance is also quite nice to have on a train. Murder mysteries are also quite good to have on a train. But also quite good to have on a train. You could also... It's the perfect place for a horror film. And nothing more nothing more perfect than a zombie horror film. You know, a virus zombie horror film. like Virus zombie train. horror film. Yes. Yep. So... <laughs> Hashtag 2020. Hashtag um, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit weird. Seeing. So you've got zombies. you got a virus. Yeah, you've got, you got the zombies. you got going to Busan. Yeah, it's... Well, it's... What's in Busan? Well, basically, the, a, a, a virus breaks out in South Korea. So everyone sort of... It starts off sort of calm a little bit. There's a few little rumblings about, oh, certain things are happening. 
there is a father-daughter relationship. The relationship between the father and the daughter is quite bad. It's a young girl and a dad who's who's a workaholic, works in like a sort of business and things like that. And there's a it's there's a scene in the film where he buys her a birthday present, and it's like a Nintendo a Nintendo Wii. And then without any sort of looking without any sort of dialogue, when she unwraps the gift, the the girl, she looks over and he's already bought her a Nintendo Wii before. So it's sort of, that's a nice little visual way to show their relationship. So hopeless, hopeless divorced dad. So they get on a train to go from Seoul to um I think to like I think during the sort of when the whole shit hits the fan and the virus breaks out and like all these zombies like people turn into zombies very very quickly once they're bitten and they're fast moving zombies not the uh, you know slow George A. Romero fast zombies, zombies. That, fast feels, zombies. that feels like cheating a little bit at it but it adds a, a little bit to terror and things like that and like Busan is like one of the last sort of places like like that's a sanctuary like they, the train sort of goes in that sort of direction and everyone has to kind of survive on the train when there's like carriages you know, between certain survivors, like there's like one scene in the film where there's a great scene when they get to a station that they think is safe and they see all these people in army suits and then they look up and they're like, oh shit, there's zombies and they start running after them and then they have to like run back to the train and fight their way through. And there's so many like great characters as well. Like you just, you have the, you have the father and the daughter and then you have um, this, this like big, you know, tough guy who's you know he's got a pregnant very heavily pregnant wife and he becomes like one of the big fan favorites of the film he's such a great character and very and he's played very well by uh sorry if i'm gonna butcher his name uh madong siok who plays the character sang hua and also there's of course in all these sort of films you have one guy who's an absolute dickhead yeah you always have the dickhead you always have the dickhead and you you need you need that guy you need you have the guy who just like cut off the train move the train let's go kind of thing and there's like one terrifying moment when they have to move through a carriage and then they find out that when they go through a tunnel, when it gets dark, the zombies don't move because they can't see. Ah. So there's like one scene where it's like, okay, this tunnel is quite, lo- the next tunnel is going to be quite long. So we have to crawl our way through oh, the thing. And it's so terrifying. This, I this- love the sound of this. I must say that I, I've, I, when I first heard this um, talked about, I think on a, I think on like the Dana Gould hour or something. One of the, I was it was on a podcast anyway. It just sounded like such a brilliant setup, and um, I mean, it's Korean, Korean cinema is just in such a purple patch yeah, in the no. last twenty odd years, you know. And so I just I love um, practically every film I see from that part of the world, and it's um, I, yeah. I, this this sounds absolutely yeah. yeah. Spot I mean, on. The horror it? elements are great. The 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 human the the emotional aspects are really good. Like it really packs an emotional punch, and also like incredibly intense and terrifying and it's such a like fantastic film so I highly recommend that film if cool. anyone hasn't seen it before we stop at the next uh, station shall we uh, talk about some honourable mentions yes let's talk about some honourable mentions so one of the ones I really wanted to uh, bring up is um, uh, it's actually a film that wouldn't uh, that I think would pre- basically be number one if it wasn't for the fact that it's a TV movie and so it doesn't qualify for our uh, for our project here um, and it's a uh, a film called Caught on a Train uh, from 1980, which is directed by um, Peter Duffel. It's a less than uh, less than. Did 90- he invent the duffel bag? <laughs> um, it completely threw me off there. Jesus Christ! Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to. It, it's basically a, a play set on a train. Uh, you know, a TV a TV drama um, written by uh, Stephen Polyakov. It's uh, involves the. Um, 
initial antagonism between uh, an old Austrian woman and a young uh, British man played by Michael Kitchen. The Austrian woman's played by Peggy Ashcroft, but they eventually reach a kind of understanding. It's both very, very touching and very, very funny, but it also is a great piece of like, it's a great mood piece, a real great sort of hangout film. Nice. Um, there are other films that didn't make it, didn't weren't there? I mean, like From Russia with Love is a good example. That yeah. Bond, the Bond film, which has Bond a huge film, yeah. uh, sequence on the train, but it's not the whole film isn't set on a train, so it didn't yeah. feel right to include it. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why we didn't include um, Darjeeling Limited and also Strangers on a Train. And uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which has some great train sequences. Oh yeah, a lot of great train sequences. And uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Great train sequence, but not a train movie. Was it Robert Ford or James Ford? Robert Ford. Robert Ford, sorry. Wasn't uh, well, Jesse James James James? There's too many James. Sorry, Jesse no, James I, I, James Ford. I was confusing it with John. Ford. I was confusing it with Gerald Ford. Ford automobile. Gerald Ford. <laughs> Henry Ford. Henry Ford. Anti-Semitic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, well, actually, one of the films I I recently I, there was a film from 2018 called The Commuter. One of those like Liam Neeson action films. It was also directed by the same guy who did. I will find you once I arrive at my station. <laughs> and he also it was it was the second film that him and uh, the director who did. Um, you remember that film Nonstop, the one where he's like a airplane pilot. Airplane, I, I remember airplane the poster. Detective. I don't. I didn't watch it. it was yeah, beneath, so, beneath my fucking dignity. <laughs> it's actually quite fun. Really. Yeah, and the commuter is really good fun as well. He plays an ex-police officer, and he he travels. He lives in uh, rural New York, and he travels back and forth through Manhattan. His wife is Elizabeth McGovern from Downton Abbey. Okay, and he's he's then fired from his job, which then puts him in a very sticky situation. He's like, "Oh God, how am I going to pay for my son's college?" And Fucking, just I didn't get a different job. You don't have to be a cop. Go and yeah, no, he he got he he was a, he was a cop, and then he was a, he worked at a bit. He worked at a different job after he was left a police officer job and then on the way back uh, on the train he meets uh, Vera Farmiga who offers who who has you know knows everything about him and gives him an offer we will pay you a lot of money if you can find a certain passenger on this train and you have to do it before this stop so it becomes a bit of a what? conspiracy thriller sort of film where he realizes like oh wait someone's about to get murdered and I have to find out who it is and find out why this person is. Being I don't murdered. think this, does this really deserve an honorable mention because it sounds daft. It's good fun. It's okay. good fun. Well, speaking of honorable mentions, we did actually put out the social media call, didn't we? For, yes, we uh, did for uh, people to uh, get in touch. Uh, we have tried um, to uh, you know engage people in a conversation and in a um, nice manner. In a nice manner uh, uh, because you know we want to actually hear from our listeners and. Um, well, today, unlike last time, uh, a couple of people actually did reach out. Yeah, a couple of people did reach out. On Twitter, at Mr. Reindeer3 wrote, Always loved Gene Wilder's film since I was old enough to watch TV. Silver Streak for me. That was one of those uh, films that he did with Richard Pryor, which is actually supposed to be really funny. Oh, right. Yeah, well, I've not seen that. So we'll have to take that as a as a recommendation from... What's his name? Mr. Reindeer? Mr. Reindeer. So Mr. Reindeer. Okay. At Mr. Reindeer 3. So uh, we also put the call out on... Uh, the Facebook. The Facebook. Uh, and so what did people say on the Facebook? We had... Uh, we, we had Lars, our cousin, saying uh, Under Siege 2, Dark Territory, which is where Steven Seagal reprises his role as Casey Ryback, an ex-Navy SEAL who is now a cook. In the first film, it was a battleship that's taken over by Tommy Lee Jones and a bunch of terrorists, one of whom is Cole Meany from Con Air, who has that great line, the situation, situation that needs to get unfucked right yeah. now. 
and uh, Gary Busey is also in that film as well. In Under Siege 2, it's, it, they, it's, on, it's a on a train. And he's oh, with uh, Catherine Heigl, his, uh, his niece, who's uh, he's transporting. She's traveling with him, and they're going to bury his brother, who has uh, passed <laughs> who's away. Hopefully, yeah, he's, he's dead. Right, he's yeah. dead. Gonna, and, um, where are you taking me? And um, during, and sort of like, the, 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 the train goes through the Rockies. It's actually really like the locations where they have the train. I'm sure it's like models or real, but it's actually really well done. I you're like sure it's models stuff. or real? It can't be. Well, the way they, 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 the way well, they of course, do, it's going to be one or the other, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but it, it looks I'm sure it's really great. I'm sure it's models, or I'm sure it's real. It's really, really nice. And real models. It's nice. And uh, the train nice. is there. And the train... <laughs> You'll do anything to defend Steven Seagal. I uh, don't... Uh, not so much these days. Hmm. But his films are fun. But uh, anyway, so... <laughs> but, uh, Told you. Uh, all right, look. Sounds so shit. It, it, don't no, want to watch. It, it's, what, it's, it's in the Rockies. Models are real. Yeah, yeah no. It's, uh, it, we it's, we're it's not the, quite it's sure Rockies. if it's the Rockies the or not. The train is hijacked by a bunch of terrorists. Of One of them is. is Eric uh, uh, Borgosian, who is a crazy guy who invented a satellite which fires. Invented a satellite. In, invented a satellite which fires lasers from space. Oh, 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 shit! That's really original. I've never seen that in any film before. Yeah. Fine. Can we stop talking about it? <laughs> it's a good this? film. It's directed by Jeff Murphy. Finally, um... And I... co-written by Matt Reeves. Jesus! Finally, I wanted to say that uh, my, yeah. my wife's aunt reached out to uh, say uh, The Murder on the Orient Express, which we have included! So there we Did go. Did you mean the 1974 one or the 2017 I'll one? I'll reach out to clarify. Okay. Um... It's really, case, it's really funny at the end of the 2017 Murder in the Orient Express it, it's so funny they did like this stupid sequel baiting thing where someone comes up to Hercule Poirot and says Hercule Poirot I'm so glad I've caught you we need you to investigate a murder on the Nile which is the next one that they've done Death on the Nile but that's not how it happens that's really stupid I hate it, that that's really stupid yeah. fucking hell modern cinema is in such a state Jesus trying to make like a Poirot universe God. okay look um, thank you for everyone who tweeted and yes. uh, reached out on Facebook. Uh, do uh, so in greater numbers next time uh, so that we're not just reading out um, the nice comments from our family members. Um, but uh, but thank you uh, for those people who did get yes. in touch. It's really, we encourage it because uh, actually uh, it helps us to realise the films that we haven't seen, although I'm not sure I'll be watching Under Siege 2 anytime soon. But back to our back to our top ten. There's a great line of the film and the terrorist show Oh my show god, up, are you actually like, still talking about this? This is what I've been trained for. Who says that? Steven Seagal's Of character. course he fucking does. Look, can we? I really don't want to think about <laughs> Steven Seagal's stupid face anymore. Can we, uh, can we move on? I'm just the cook. You're just the cock. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, at number five is directed by another Korean uh, director, Bong Joon-ho, who uh, directed... Parasite. Parasite, course, yeah. yes. Uh, Parasite's not a train film. Parasite is not a train film, but Bong Joon-ho is a fantastic director. And a director of a train film, I hope, in this case. Yes. The, so the film is Snowpiercer, which oh, came of course out in 2013. It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's based off a graphic novel from France. Snowpiercer. Yeah. yeah, and basically in the beginning of the film, there's like it's so climate change is fucking up the earth is it it is <laughs> okay well, gotcha. so I'm, I'm, you heard it here first people so basically what happens is in the film they invent this is Greta on the train no not Greta's not on the train okay so they invent she's on a boat they invent some sort of machine to fire into the atmosphere to cool down the earth what but what happens is it freezes everything so all life on earth is pretty much dead Except for people on this really long train, which travels all the way around the Earth, looking for what? Just, just living, and it's it, but, it's it's a bit of class culture because at the back of the train are all the poor people who get all these protein bars to eat, and on the other side of the train are all the rich people who just party and do all this other stuff. And there's in, what a, 
the inventor of the train is uh, is this sort of like you know rich Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos kind of figure played oh by Ed Harris. Of course, Ed Harris is so good at playing he's roles. So like fucking that. creepy in this movie. He's really Ed Harris is one of the most underrated actors. I think he's he always, so yeah. everything he shows up in, he's good. Even fucking Alcatraz, whatever. What's it called? The, the, the Rock. The, the Rock. Yeah, he's even good in That's that. Such a classic. But film. Ed Harris, he's made to play like the 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 guy, like the sort of the um uh you know the Howard Hughes kind of yeah, evil yeah, genius yeah. figure. You know. Um, so who else is in it? Tilda so, Swinton, right? Tilda Swinton. That? Tilda Swinton again. Just she just is amazing in this film I think she just understand like she just just it must have relished playing this uh, playing this role and it also stars Chris Evans uh, Jamie Bell uh, the late great John Hurt yeah. and um, sorry I, the, the act the actor from Parasite who's what who starred in a lot of uh, South Korean films and in, and in a lot of of, um, of Bong Joon-ho's films including uh, the host uh, Memories of a Murder is uh, Song uh, Song Kang Ho, who is a sort of he's a drug addict. Like he sniffs like a little bit of dirt, and he's the guy who's like an engineer that they use to him. So basically, Chris Evans instigates a rebellion where they fight to the front of the train, and they use him to kind of open all the doors and fight all these people. And uh, it gets very very violent very very quickly. Wow. And Tilda Swinton is just like seventy four percent of you will die. <laughs> Is she good or bad? She's bad. Oh, of course. She's the bad guy. She's like the uh, the boss that keeps everyone in check. And um, this film had a very uh, rocky distribution as it wasn't available for a certain time because Harvey Weinstein produced the movie and tried to sort of take the film away from Bong Joon-ho and Bong Joon-ho stood his foot down. There is a Stood sto- his foot down? Put his foot down. Put his foot down. Stood his ground. Stood his ground. Yes. Stood his foot down. <laughs> Do you come up with this shit? And I, 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 well, luckily, uh, we can say that this is definitely the worst thing that Harvey Weinstein has ever done. Hang on a minute. Uh, well, yeah. This, so, so it's, a he, sh- it's a shame because... It, not a shame, obviously. But like, he's done it, but he's it's done terrible. it many times. Exactly. It's terrible that what he'll primarily be remembered for is being a sexual predator. And of course, he should be remembered for that. Uh, absolutely rightly but he's also just like a monumental twat in other ways and that includes uh, basically ruining uh, a bunch of films and also sort of changing in my opinion anyway changing the landscape of cinema for the worse um, with his kind of mafia-like tactics but um, yeah I mean he's just an all-round shitbag really yeah well I think there's a story that is on the trivia page there's a scene in the film where these big this group of men that they come across these uh, the guys who are trying to rebel against the people on the train these they wear like ski masks and they have axes mm-hmm. and there's a scene where they get like a big fish and they like put the it's like almost in a very ceremonial kind of way where they put their axes in this giant fish and they sort of pass it around and pass the blood around before they start fighting it sounds very Icelandic yeah and that whole thing wanted to be cut out by Harvey Weinstein because he wanted to cut to the action very quickly and Bong Joon-ho stood his ground I just love the idea of the two of them arguing over the phone about the fish scene yeah and he basically said I, I must re- have my fish butchering I want this scene in the film because my father was a fisherman it really means that very much to me I can't cut it out of the film and Harvey Weinstein felt touched by the whole family aspect and kept hmm. it in Funnel- and and then it uh, it was actually revealed by Bong Joon-ho that was a fucking lie. My father <laughs> wasn't a fisherman. Love it. Love that. And That's exactly what I would have done in that situation. So My it's... wife is having a baby. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing to do with me. Yeah. So, yeah. Great action sequences. Very claustrophobic. Very intense. A lot of great acting. And it's all on the train. It's all on the train. It's all set on the train. 
And big train. Big train. Very, very big train. And um, there's like there's there's a lot of jumpy moments and like just like like oh shit kind of thing where stuff just like just comes out of nowhere. And it's actually one of the few times where like I've really like this is where like Chris Evans really shows his range as an actor. Like there's like one scene in the film where he just gives like a very touching monologue about all the stuff that happened before the film, like in the beginning, because it's set 18 years after when the earth froze. They've been on the train for 18 years. Yeah. God, it's like traveling in America. Yeah. Um, And it's a really, really moving moment. And it's just sort of like, this is a really, he needs to do more meteor roles like this. Like, I mean, mean, he was good as Captain America, but in the Marvel films, but he was very much hindered a little bit. He never really got a chance to stretch his wings and show what he was like as an actor. Captain America doesn't have wings. Well, the eagle, even I know that the eagle on the America has wings. Oh right, all right. Anyway, uh, top three now. Yes. What has no, top top four? We're at number four. Oh, we? oh shit! I'm getting carried so, away. Okay, number four. Number four is a film that I really want to see because I'm a big. I'm an interest. I'm interested. You're an in, interesting. You're an interesting. I'm interested in the director's work, and I quite like French poetic realism, and that is La Bête Humaine, uh, directed yes. by Jean Renoir. This is uh, perhaps one of the lesser known. Renoir, Renoir movies. Um, I mean, it's it's definitely it, it's not obviously up there with um, the rules of the game or um, the Grand Illusion. Uh, the, the the Grand Illusion, no. But it is, um, I, or you know, even Voodoo Save from Drowning. But this is um, which you talked about on uh, recommendation, which episode. I have talked about before in this uh, in this place. Um, no, I mean this is a this is a what I would say is almost like a proto film noir um, because it involves a um, a guy, a classic kind of working class noir uh, masculine chump played by Jean Gabin who gets drawn into the clutches of another brilliant uh, actress um, Simone Simon um, and uh, they together plot to murder her husband so it's kind of like double indemnity except a lot of it's set on trains mm-hmm. um, and he's an engineer and just like Buster Keaton in uh, The General but um Unlike Buster Keaton in the general, his love story does not end particularly well. And um, um, like yeah. all great film noir, right? In in fact, and, and they're just. I mean, it's 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 got. It's just. I mean, Gabin is such a perfect um, actor for this kind of movie, and and um, you know, it's a shame that he never really starred in a, kind of an American film noir. I think he would have been perfect, but um, as it happens, he's just. He's just so good at that kind of like almost like Robert Mitchum level of like sleepy, forceful but still flawed masculinity, yeah. and um, yeah, he really just um, he he just fits this role like a glove. And Simon Simon is 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 tremendous, and the the, the rest of the cast is great too. And it, um, for the photography is 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 great. I mean, this is nineteen thirty eight. It's two years before the war, so um, this amazing sequence that Renoir is in um, as they lead up to. The rules of the game. The year later, um, you know, comes kind of juddering to a halt in 1940 with the invasion of France. Um, but it's just, it's just such a reminder of, of what French cinema was doing in the 1930s. There's just, there's good films everywhere you look, and this is really, yeah. really one of them. Um, and of course, you know, uh, you'll recognize a bunch of the actors. And Gabin Simon went on to do many more films in the 40s and 50s, and she yeah. had a career in Hollywood as well. Cat people. And oh. uh, yeah, and so um, great film. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, so it's uh, it's just it, it. I really, I, I really think people should just like get into it as um, a, a film to add to the pile once you've seen um, 
the other Renoir films, it's also I think it makes a really good companion piece with uh, Le Jour Celève and um, Kade Broom, which is directed by different people whose names are escaping me right is it now. Marcel Carnet. I think Carnet? Marcel Carnet. Thank you Carnet. very much. Um, so you know, good companion piece with those because they're slightly more sort of crime focused and. A lot of Marcel Carnot's films were crime movies. Yeah, so that, so yeah. In any case, it's um, um, it's 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 terrific. Um, nice. So uh, yeah, go watch that. Not okay. Yeah. Now we are in the top three. Now we are in the top. We three. are so, nearing the end. So uh, we're nearing our final destination. Ooh. Uh, our final stop. Uh, at number three is the 1958 film from Egypt, uh, Cairo Station. Yeah, I'll be brief because yes. uh, there is actually a Holmes movies recommendation. Uh, Holmes Movies recommends episode all about this film. Yes, but I just want to say, you know, you can't have films without state. Uh, you can't have trains without stations, right? The trains need someone to go to sleep, um, and um, yeah, you they can't. Do, they have, do them, Thomas and Tanker, right? Exactly, time. and you can't. Well, they do that at the depot. In fairness, but you don't. You can't have passengers without stations. You can't have the whole. The whole train. The whole concept of train travel relies on the station, and Cairo Station is the great. We talked about great train movies. The subgenre of train movies is the great station station, station movie. movie. And this is perhaps the greatest train station movie. Um, it's another kind of... Um, it has a sort of noir element to it, but it's also a... Uh, it has a... a um, you know, it's that uh, poetic realism or whatever you want to call it. Or not poetic yeah. realism, but... Um, what am I thinking of? Like neorealism, really. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. It's that kind of, It has that Italian uh, it post-war have, feel... Yeah, from what images I've seen of the movie, it does have that very kind of 1950s Italian neorealism yeah, style. It's definitely in that it's definitely in that kind of vein and it's really it feels very immediate and because to our um modern western eyes the actors aren't as recognizable and because they're also good, um it really feels a lot more real than um feels perhaps authentic. it even did it. Yeah, exactly. That and there's and there's a real sort of crackle in this film and uh, and and there's you know there's a lot of eroticism, there's genuine um suspense and there's a lot of poignancy um and it just um it's amazing because it's all over in less than an hour and a half but you really feel like you've been on um not to use the train metaphor again quite the journey uh. um and um yeah so i mean the trains are um that they're, they're the trains are used to full effect uh they um you know they signify uh, the passage of time and the coming and goings and uh comings and goings there are trains which are full of young people and trains that are full of older, more traditional people. There's yeah. that sort of generation clash that's explored. There are, there are ways in which forbidden love is um, depicted using um, trains either arriving or leaving. Um, mm. the, they, the, the trains uh, obscure the action. They also uh, cause you know, danger as people like scuttle among um, the wheels and the, the rails trying to... Um, you know, uh, steal or sell or whatever they're doing. So it's um, it it just is. It's completely in the in the train trainiverse. Um, and it um, it, again, it's, it's that thing of as you say in the in you know in Snowpiercer, like taking a location and just using it to its full extent. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, it 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 delivers on on that front and on every other front. So if you if you watch only one Egyptian film this year, uh, which would be the case for me anyway, uh, watch this movie. Yeah, it's available on uh, it, it, here in Denmark. It's available on Netflix with a bunch of other of uh, what's the director's name again. Oh, uh, Shaheen. Um, Youssef Shaheen? Yes. And, um, uh, yeah, sorry for forgetting that. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's on Netflix in the States as well. Widely yes. available. No excuse not to watch it. It's very yes. short. Okay. So, at penultimate stop. Yeah. 
Uh, number two is the 1974 heist film, The Taking of Pelham 123, starring the great Walter Matthau and also the equally great Robert Shaw. Yeah, you can't... Um... And Martin Balsam and, and uh, Jerry Stiller. And right. Stiller's dad. Yeah. Um, you, a lot of people are going to be like throwing their um, remote controls at the TV. We're not on TV. They're going to be throwing their earbuds into the bin because yeah. they think it should be at number one. And we agonized over this choice. Or and, we'll uh, mention the Tony Scott remake from 2009. We won't mention that. This is the original taking of Pelham 123. And, uh, you know, it's set on a different kind of a train, which is a, a metro or somewhere. Yeah. In New York. In New York, of all places. Yeah. Um, it's one of the great New York films. It's also one of the great uh, subway films, of which, the, again, another subgenre, literally. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a brilliant uh, that we get to include in this list a heist film, and what a yeah. what a heist film this yeah. is. Yeah, it's a fun film. It's an exciting film. There's great moments of tension, but it's also it's light as well. It's yeah, a very it's easy super film. Goes to watch. down so easily. Yeah. So it's not like a very like super serious film like the Tony Scott version, which yeah. is a very hyperactive it's it's fine for what it is it's not Tony Scott's best but it's a very sort of and and John Travolta just choose the fucking we are not talking about that film stay on the track Sanders I will stay on on, you know don't touch the third rail yes and yeah, it's a very, it's just a very lovely film, and it's just, just, and also just like I don't, I know describing the, the taking of one, two, three is lovely, but I kind of see what no, I mean. It is lovely. Yeah. I love watching it. It's one of those films I feel like I could genuinely watch every day. There's a lot of great chemistry between Robert Shaw and Walter Matto, even when they're not in the, they're not sharing scenes together. And I think also it has one of the best payoffs of all time. Like there's a like throughout the film, Martin Balsam, who's this ex subway driver who caused like an accident disgruntled Disgruntled subway driver yeah yeah. so he has a little bit more sort of he's 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 one of the gang members he's he's integral to the heist yeah and they have code names which of course must have you know you know inspired or you know well they definitely inspired Corrington Tarantino in Reservoir Dogs they were called Mr. and then a color yeah he's called Mr. Gray Robert Shaw is called Mr. Gray and they're all wearing disguises as well and it has one of the best payoffs of all time because, as I just mentioned, Martin Balsam's character keeps sneezing throughout the film and he always sneezes when Robert Shaw is talking to Walter Matthau. And Walter Matthau always says on to the radio. him on the radio, he says, Gesundheit, and stuff like that. And it just pays off so nicely in the end of the film when, you know, Walter Matthau meets Martin Balsam and he walks out of the room and Martin Balsam sneezes. And then you get one of the greatest final shots in one of the final, one of the best final images of all time, which is just Walter Matthau's face, which is just just so. The great. expression that he summons in that moment is so perfect. There's a sort of knowing world weariness and kind of it's not a gotcha thing. It's a like really, um, <laughs> he's brilliant in this film, Walter Matthau. Shaw yeah. sure is brilliant. I mean, I know we talked about him before with the. Uh, Avalanche Express, a film that is not on this list, no. um, and not even an honourable mention. But um, yeah, I mean, come on, like Robert Shaw is one of the coolest actors of all time. He's also um, he was also, despite the fact that he died uh, only a few years later, he was really busy in the seventies. I mean, he yeah, did a lot no, of work, like a, you know, Jaws was, yeah. and, and uh, Force Ten from Navarone and other things, The Deep. Um, but this this is a great role for him, playing this like mysterious British mercenary who's like. Um, you know, d- worked in Africa and all this stuff, and no, and you don't really know anything about him. And he has this almost like samurai kind of uh, yeah, approach, Roman. and like he has a real code. Um, so it's just yeah, there's little layers going on in this, and it's um, as I say, like it is just the most fun. Like you can watch this film in any context, anywhere. I think it 
stands up to repeat viewings. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it, as a, you know, it's such a, um, it, 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 there isn't really another film like it, despite the fact that it's in a very um, well-trodden genre. I'll also think, I think the music is brilliant. Mm. The, the music, which um, I'm just going to look up who it's it by. Quincy, it's, was it Quincy Jones that did the music? I'm not sure that it, well, let's look it up. I The, um, the thing about the music in this is it's completely 1970s. Yeah, um, it, it has is, that 1970s feel. It, 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 I mean, it's just like, um, it's it's just peak 70s sound. Um, it's a crashing, kind of discordant stuff. It's got a bit of funk uh, going on. It was it's David Shire. David Shire. Who also did uh, the music on... All the President's Men, Saturday Night Fever, and The Conversation. So yeah, David Shire had 70s music on yeah. lock. Um, and also Owen Roisman, who's the cinematographer of the film, who worked on a lot of great films like Three Days of the Condor, Tootsie, The Exorcist, and, which also has a train sequence in it. Hello. The French Connection. Nice. Yeah. Yes, The French Connection. Um, yeah. Not a train film, but obviously it has. It is there is a bit of that film where the subway is used to full effect, and um, Gene Hackman is chasing a train which has a bad guy on it. Yeah, but there's also the bit where he's trying to stalk him in the station. Do you remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Fernando Ray's character. Yeah. Um, so it's you know we've only got room for ten films, and we had to try and be as exacting as possible with the whole train film thing. Um, and um, I'm sure that our listeners will have lots of thoughts and we encourage them to get in touch don't we? Yes How can they get in touch? Anderson? They can either get in touch with us by following us on Twitter at homesmoviespod or you can send us an email at homesmoviespodcast at gmail.com Right So I'll say um, it again at homes as they say on trains Say it again yeah, no, no, no. Repeat <laughs> Repeat <laughs> at homesmovies oh wait sorry at homesmoviespod on Twitter or you can send us an email at Homes movies podcast at gmail.com. Well, if this was an announcement on the New York subway, it would sound like this. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, there is a number one so uh, listing one minute away. That's my subway uh, voice as well. New Yorkers might get that. So, yes, at uh, the final destination, remember to take all your belongings with you as you leave the train. <laughs> and that is the great film from Alfred Hitchcock, The Lady Vanishes. Yes! This, which I oh. think inspired the movie Flight Plan with Jodie Foster. Why do you always talk about, when we bring up a film that we love and a great, why do you then also bring up a less good film? Like, before we've even had a chance to talk about <laughs> one of the great Hitchcock movies. Like, genuinely... I think this could be my favourite Hitchcock film. It's definitely my favourite of his... Uh, it's one of his funniest films. Pre-Hollywood films. It's very funny. Um, it, uh, it, is, it is as, like, perfect a train film as you could hope. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, the whole, the whole concept is uh, a woman travelling in, uh, <laughs> as they say, somewhere in Central Europe, um, makes friends with an elderly British woman on the train who then disappears and no one believes her. Yeah, like in Flight Plan. Stop talking about Flight Plan! <laughs> well, isn't that film where Jodie Foster is like, they're, they're on a plane, they're the, on a plane to Berlin. The, a and plane? It's not even a train film. It's a, <laughs> the plane movie. Get, shut up! Train rhymes with plane. I don't have anything to throw at you except scissors and I don't want to do that because we're not in, we're not talking about dial in for murder. We're talking about the lady fucking vanishes. Um, okay. Right, look. Come old on. woman disappears on train. Yes. No one believes her. No she, one believes the young woman. No one believes the young woman. Friends with the old woman. Yes. Uh, except Michael Redgrave, who's a sort of dashing British, sort of classic Hitchcock yeah. leading man of this time. 
Um, well, there's two British guys on the train who are going. Thank you. They're 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 on their way to see a cricket match. Charters and Caldecott. Yes. Who also show up in another film directed by Cal Reed, playing the same character as yeah, Night Train. Night to Train Munich. to Munich, which is another great train film, which actually should have an honourable mention. Yes. And I'm sorry I didn't think of it, but it's basically the sort of poor cousin of this film. So if you only watch one of this or Night Train to Munich. Music, music. <laughs> Night Night train to music. <laughs> uh, if you watch one of those two films, watch The Lady Vanishes. Yes. Um, why? Because it's a fucking masterpiece. Because and Charles and Caldecott are really great supporting characters, and they, on actually, they're not just comic relief. They also actually sabotage the the um, the, the say, protagonist yeah, yeah, because yeah. they they want to get to their cricket match, and that's why they refuse to um, acknowledge the fact that the old woman has disappeared uh, until much later. Um, there's a great moment in the movie where one of them steps out of the train and gets shot and then comes back in and in the most sort of British manner is like, you were right. Yeah. And then one of them is actually, you know, takes part in the shootout and then there's a good shot. Yeah. No, they, they step up when they need to. Uh, but it's and they, good... they do miss the game, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. And their, and their team lo- loses, I think. Yeah. Adding insult to injury. It's... Um... But it's, it's, it's yeah. such a like I also this is again we're talking we're in that pre pre Second World War post First World War space of like intrigue spies uh, tweed um, smoking <laughs> Lots of um, tweed. Central European uncertain political electric trench coats yes cricket um, and um, it's just it it is such a perfect world yeah. this and unlike the murder on the Orient Express it's not looking back it's actually from the time yes um, it's so it it just it. I don't know why I find this period so cosy, but I just really do. I, I I love the whole look and feel of it. I love the also the the, the conceit of showing British people abroad. That yeah. for me has always been such a great uh, cinematic trope, um, leading to you know hilarity and cultural misunderstandings. Think only Romance, of uh, yeah. of uh, Denham Elliot in the uh, in uh, the, ra- uh, the 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 return Lord, of the thank you the return of the king return of the king Indiana Jones and the Last yeah. Crusade thank you does anybody else speak English um, yeah <laughs> run so it's um, it. Yeah, it, it it completely just it steeps you in that, and it's it's an awful lot of fun. There's some great like model work. I think talking of real yeah, models, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, as you were mentioning earlier. I like all that. I like when they use like miniatures for a lot I, of things. Yeah, I, I do like it a lot, especially when they do like on I think recent um, like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. They did a lot of that. Like a lot of it, you think was visual yeah. effects, and they actually built. There's it so that. much to be said for it, um, especially when you're doing films that are you know land based. It falls down a little bit when you try and do it with boat stuff because it really does just look like someone's in an enormous in your bath, bath yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> so, um, yeah there's a, there's yeah there's jaws of the revenge that that's there's, there's a bit of that so uh but yeah the lady vanishes has has um has some great stuff on that score and um yeah it's just um again it's short it's an incredibly fun romp um it's uh, it's got a good little like good surprise spy good twist, twist yeah. payoff thing so it's and it, it's and just it has a, a happy ending right unlike yeah. a lot of hitchcock's films right 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 so it's it's uh you know and we just ruined it but yeah i'm what people people aren't that probably aren't that surprised no. um but yeah it just um it's just that it's just one of those perfect 1930s films that really gets what sound cinema is all about yeah um and it's about um you know great lines uh great acting with you know memorable uh, characters memorable characters and and make the color of the characters comes from their personalities not from what they do physically because you know 
maybe in a silent film you need more even in the general you know it's important that a lot of the it's very theatrical the, it's exactly a lot, a lot of, of the to yeah it. a lot of the action takes place on the roof of the train or in the in the uh, in the, uh, the the locomotive but here you can have so much action just happening in a compartment mm-hmm. um and and that's also the genius of alfred hitchcock um and it should also be mentioned that hitchcock returns to trains very very memorably in a couple of films mm-hmm. uh, one of course is uh strangers on a train strangers on a train another one um north by is northwest. shadow of a doubt and yeah north by northwest which has a, an excellent train sequence and now speaking of payoffs one of the great final shots of all cinema of oh, the train yeah. going into the tunnel um anyway which that, is a little bit like a bit of a wink wink yes and just, yeah. i think people know that um so um, i didn't get it when i was younger but there's an old no of course yeah. <laughs> yes, uh in any case yeah. uh that is uh the lady vanishes yes so should we count off the films again yeah from number 10 so uh first up the general from 1926 next up murder on the orange express 1974 Stop. I'm going to do the whole stop thing because it's going to drive me crazy. Yeah, just stop doing the stops. Yeah. Uh, Von Ryan's Express in 1965. Number seven, Shanghai Express from 1932. Number six, Train to Busan from 2016. Number five, Snowpiercer from 2013. Number four, La Bête Humaine from 1938. Cairo Station at number three in 1958. Uh, Taking of Pella 123 from 1974. That is at number two. And at number one, we have The Lady Vanishes, which was released in 1938, just one year before the war. Indeed it was. Uh, interesting that we have two films from 1938 and three films from the 1930s in this list. Yeah, we do. Two films from 1974. What was the other one? Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it feels like train films, uh, it's like London buses. Yeah. <laughs> you wait for ages to come along and then two come at once. Yes, exactly. Right. Shall we knock this one on the head then? Yes. What should be the next top ten be? What sh- should we... What should be the next top ten be? What, what should the next top... Top ten. Tom, Tom, you know, Tom, 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 I think Thomas the Tank. Uh, I I think that uh, we should uh, leave that. Maybe people should send us some suggestions. I think yeah, you yeah. and I should go and pour ourselves a beer and have a conversation about that very topic uh, right now. Yes, we should. And uh, do please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. If you find someone that we're, somewhere that we're not aware of where the podcast exists, subscribe to it there as well. If it's yeah, at your exactly. local newsstand. Yeah, yeah. And also send us an email at homesmoviespodcast at gmail.com. And we you won't can also, read it. Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. You, can also set, you can also follow us on Twitter at homesmoviespod. And uh, Adam is the Northampton Dane. On Twitter. And I am at Fabricius91, F-A-B-R-I-C-I-U-S-9-1. So... That's it. Yes. Yes. Well, um, I hope you enjoyed uh, this journey and uh, you don't mind the small delay. Um, and uh, yeah, any complaints, please address them to uh, British Rail. Uh, mm-hmm. at, uh, and uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you next time for more top 10 shenanigans. Yes, we will. Thank you so much. For, and hope you, would re- uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm Fernandez Holmes. Um, and it's been my pleasure to be your conductor today. Uh, please, uh, if if uh, this is your final, if this if you're traveling on to oh what the fuck I'm now on like you're a traveling, steward, you're tra- I'm traveling, traveling on to final destination. Yeah. What am I? What, what, no, but that's what they do on they planes. Do on planes. This yeah. is the flight plan thing again. We just need to get out of here. Close the close the door. Close the blast doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need. Uh, the train is leaving. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>